What's up, dude? Politicking with Patrick Pentlow. Appreciate you doing this, man. Oh, this is a blast. Yeah, no. I know. I think uh, it's funny. We were just talking right before we even decided to record this just about uh, the, the political atmosphere and how I think the days of the perfectly polished politician, that's three Ps, which is politicking with Pat Pentlow, but the perfectly polished politician, it's kind of gone by the wayside. And I think especially people voting, I think they just want to see like a real human. They want to see a real genuine human. They exactly. want to see someone who cares. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. So, Patrick, tell me about your background. You know, where you're from, uh, where'd you go to school? Oh, born and raised in Wethersfield. Uh, I graduated in 2008. I ended up going to college. I went to Eastern Connecticut uh, my first year and a half after high school uh took some time off then i graduated from central in 2014 how was your time at weathersfield high i enjoyed it um i i, I gotta be honest I, I i i enjoyed weathersfield high i wasn't there for the renovation i was pretty much like the class right before they redid the whole high school but it was still a good experience uh obviously with any high school kids you have your ups and downs but i enjoyed sports uh especially uh, i had some great teachers come out of there i wonder if some of them are actually still teaching. I'd have to look into that. If Mr. Sand is still teaching, I, I would I would hope that. Was that your favorite teacher? One of them, yeah. I think he had one of the biggest impacts on me, uh, just just in terms of he wrote my recommendation letter. I think he, he ended up seeing something. And the other person is Del Fairley. If Del Fairley is listening to this, she was my guidance counselor. She was the one person who saw me as a leader early on. She referred me to like to go to San Jose when I was in high school oh, that's uh, awesome. to be like a leadership uh, thing. So I, I I do miss them. I see Del Fairley. She's still she's she's retired. Sounds like now. a great guidance counselor. Oh, she she loves the golf. That's that's her that's thing. That's awesome. Yeah, that's her well, thing. What were your interests in high school? Like, what did you do? What were your extracurricular activities? I I honestly I was just a really competitive kid. I played football and basketball. Uh, and then when I wasn't like playing in the, the specific season, I was pretty much traveling with the, the whole AAU uh, thing around the country playing. How'd you do in basketball? I don't know. We'll let, we'll let the people who watch me decide. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not one to toot my own horn. <laughs> what position did you play? I played them all. Okay. <laughs> well, I was, Were you was JV weird. or varsity? Both. Okay. So it was, it, was, it was weird because like I was one of those kids that was like, medium to large size as a younger kid and then i kind of capped out so okay. i was like i was like so you weren't super tall but you weren't a thin <laughs> rail guy you were like that linebacker that could play basketball no, i'm jack do you see me <laughs> <laughs> so you graduate weathersfield high yeah then you go to eastern yeah okay tell me about your time at eastern not my thing okay um what wasn't the thing for you sc- uh sc- I got to be careful because I won't say that school just never really was my thing. And not to say I wasn't a great student. Um, I was I was a good student. Right. I, I turned in my stuff. I you know did, did my stuff on time. It just never really captured my interest. Right. Like the way that they set up school and the way I was I felt individually, I was kind of thrown to the wolves at Eastern. It was like. You had to have everything figured out. And as somebody who really didn't want to go to college initially, uh, I just almost felt like it was... A culture shock? Just, yeah, like all of a sudden just like, oh my God, like what have I, what, like, what have I got myself into? So then you start taking these weird courses and stuff like that. And I'm like, you know what? Not my thing. 
So, how long were you at Eastern for? Um, three semesters, so about a year and a half. Right okay. on there. So, what did you do after Eastern? I was a laborer. Okay. Uh, I was. I worked odd jobs, uh, construction jobs, just you know, just doing the grunt work. I was actually. I was a janitor at, at uh, Windsor Locks High. Okay. Yeah. So I. Uh, I ended up. Uh, excuse me. Let me just get a sip of water. No, I ended up. Um, just becoming a custodian and then I worked um, so I, that would be my day job and then I worked at restaurants at night. Okay, so you're a hard worker during that time where you kind of like took a break from college Yeah. because you're doing a lot of different things. What brought you, brought you back to going to school again? Um, the, the biggest thing was just the, uh, the consistency of the physical toll on my body, right? So it's like when you're, when you're, uh, when you're buffing floors or something like that all day and you're inhaling all those fumes and then you're going to work at a restaurant at night so you're pretty much picking up at six o'clock in the morning and then you're not getting up until midnight i think it just becomes a little bit monotonous and then at that point you're not really thriving you're just surviving okay so where did you go did you go back to eastern no no i ended up so after um after i think it was about i took a half year to a year off. It was kind of weird because that's how the semesters fall. But I ended up doing that for about a year, and then I ended up uh, enrolling at uh, Central. And the the weird part is, is you would think like the state university system, like all the credits would transfer, but like they didn't. Oh so, my god! Yeah, so it's 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 like all the so Eastern, it's like you started all over again. One hundred percent. So it's it's like Eastern's a very liberal school, and then you go into Central, and it's more. I don't want to say it's not liberal, but like they have more specific programs like okay. physics, math, stuff like that. At that's Eastern, where I, that's where I went to school too. Oh, jeez, many, many, many I years. Ago. That, I don't know if that's like a compliment or. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you go to Central. Yeah. You got your degree from them. Yeah, uh, actually, it, it was like so. Like I said, school wasn't my thing, so I transferred in a relatively uh, low GPA. Uh, but right when I found something that actually caught my interest, or I just. I'm a big believer in in focusing on things that you're not good at. And I, I get a lot of flack for saying that, but I was really good at accounting, but it was so boring to me. And not to knock any accountants. It was and that's really the opposite boring. for me because, yeah. like, I hated accounting yeah. and I was terrible at it. Yeah. But then on the flip side, I didn't do as well in economics. And when I say I didn't do as well, I got, like, a B in it. You know, but I, when I made the commitment to go back to school, I'm like, I'm getting straight A's. Like, if I'm going to pay for it at this point, like, I'm getting every nickel out of it. And I went to my advisor one day. I'm like, okay, I'm really into economics. Like, I love theory. I love discussing it. I'm not the best at it, but I'm really good at accounting. But I just, I find it boring. So she's like, just do finance. It, it just, it kind of bridges them both. And that's what I ended up getting my degree. That's in. awesome. Yeah. So you got your degree from Central. Yeah. With honors, what? by the way. Uh, that, I think that's. That's it. A hard I want worker, that on the record. Hard worker. <laughs> and he got his degree with honors. Yeah. So you get your degree. Yeah. What'd you do? You went to downtown Hartford, get a job? Or? No. Um. So this is where my, my, the story of my life takes like an unbelievable, uh, I, I think at this point we're kind of going up the, a good the ticking, trajectory. Yeah. The, well, no, not even that, just up the, the slow tick up on the roller coaster before the drop. Right. So, <laughs> uh, it, it, so it's, it, it, it took a weird turn in the fact where 
again, everything happens for a reason, but I was actually, I ended up going to a, a friend's beach house down in Saybrook, and I didn't really have any plans post-college, right? Like, I, I'm like, oh my God, I just finished my degree. It's, you know, it's unbelievable. But then I was like, do I want to just go to the Hartford? Do I want to go to Travelers or anything like that? And I was like, you know what? I want to shoot for the stars. I was really into uh, investments. I, um, I, I've always competed. The uh, Central's business department always had this uh, um, this stock market challenge, so trading. So I'm like, I want to work like in New York, right? I want to be one of those guys that you see in the coats and stuff. And Originally, that's what I wanted to do, and I ended up being down in Old Saybrook, and a friend of mine uh, ended up getting a job in New York at a, uh, basically it was like a mixed-use office, so his little company was in a bigger office that housed the private equity office, and he was like, hey, there's a program for a summer associate that basically you you get in and then pretty much it's just like sky's the limit because they have this guy, his name's Joe Grano, he runs it, if you don't if you don't know who he is, just look him up. There's a book out, a book about him out there and stuff like that. So um, he was like, I'll help you write your resume. I'll get it to the right people. And he was like, but don't get your hopes up. And I'm like, oh, great. Like, don't get your hopes up. Uh, and I was, you know, so we, we keep talking. He's he's helping. He's like, you really got, you got to drill down. It's got to be perfect. And I'm like, why, dude? Like, why? And he was like, well, kids who get this this program like they're from the yales and the harvards of the world they they take they're not from, from the centrals <laughs> no so i actually it was funny so when i was in the waiting room uh so like this is like kind of fast forward before we go back but i was in the waiting room uh there was me and three other people and they're all saying we're all just talking before we go on the interviews and I'm like, where do you go? And then, well, one, the one girl was like, oh, I go to Dartmouth. And then uh, I was like, oh, where do you go? And he's like, oh, I go to uh, the Ohio State because they're really big <laughs> yeah, on that. Because there is a the yeah, Ohio State. Yeah, the Ohio State. And then um, uh, they're like, oh, where do you go? And uh, I, I was like, oh, I went to Central. They're like, oh, Central Florida? I'm like, no, Central Connecticut <laughs> State University. And it, it was funny because they had no clue. They never heard of, of it. Of course right? not. And and what ended up happening was, so let me let me go back back a little bit again. He helps me get the uh, the uh, the resume in and stuff. So I get a call from not even the HR persons, the HR person's assistant. So like they're already like, I I'm I'm assuming it's a favor, right? Like right. like oh okay yeah I'll help you get your resume. So I wasn't even the person who's doing the hiring. So I end up hitting it off with this this um, this woman on the phone. Or actually I still keep in touch with her to this day. Uh, Wazy, she's amazing. And, awesome. and, uh, she calls me, we do the phone interview, we're laughing. She goes, Hey, you know, I, I, I think you'd be, uh, um, I think you'd be a good fit to come interview. Uh, can I connect you with, uh, Connie who Connie, if she ends up listening to this, she'll, she'll kind of, uh, I don't want to say anything to make Connie mad because she's, she's my, uh, I, I love her. She was, she was great to me, but, uh, at first, and you know, if you're listening to this, Connie, what you did to me in that interview. So <laughs> we, so we end up, uh, she ends up calling me in to schedule a uh, a point to go uh, interview in person at the city, and she's this is right in the heart of downtown, right uh, downtown, uh, or excuse me, um, midtown, midtown Manhattan. Manhattan, and it was right on Avenue of the Americas, like you know, shared a building with the NHL and all that stuff, and I end up. Uh, I could tell you, I can't tell you the exact date. I could Google it, but I remember it was the day, the day of my interview was the day that that um they had that natural gas explosion in 2014 where sure. the where the apartment ended up blowing onto the track yeah i remember because they 
midway through, I'm already nervous. I'm sweating. I got a suit on that probably costs like 150 bucks because I'm broke. <laughs> and I, I'm sweating. And all of a sudden, the train comes to a hard stop. They're like, hey, you got to get off. The tracks are blocked. And I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay, what do I do? So I end up running up the stairs because I'm, I'm not going back. I got to get to this, right, this interview. Of course. And I end up, I end up getting a cab and i said i'm like how do i get into new york city like if you have to take me uh, if you have to take me from here i'll pay you i don't care <laughs> and he's like dude instead of doing that he goes i'll give you a ride to the the closest uh mta station just take the subway in i forgot where we were but it was like a 55 minute ride in and i remember it being 55 minutes because i kept looking at my watch every two so i'm like oh my god dude i'm gonna be late i'm gonna be late so I end up sprinting. We, we get into Rockefeller Center uh, right on the M line. And uh, we end up, I end up sprinting up the stairs. I'm running across the, the street in, like, true, like, movie-style Manhattan where you're kind of bumping on the taxis and stuff. And I remember getting in there, and I'm, I'm sweating. So then I, the, the, the interview story with the kids, we, I end up sitting there like, oh, my God, you're so sweaty. I'm like, well, obviously, this is what just happened. <laughs> so, so fast forward. I know this is taking a while, but I promise it's worth the end. I get in this interview and, and when I say I was ripped to shreds, like, I don't know if you've ever had like that, that moment in your life where you're just like, Oh my God, I feel so inferior where somebody could just rip you to shreds. Of course. Oh my God. She's like, you're a janitor, you're a laborer and you want to come and be a summer associate at a private equity firm. Like what is going on? (laughs) And she's like, do you have any intern experience? I'm like, no, I just graduated. She's like, but you're 24 years old. I'm like, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up, you know? So I'm basically, I'm trying to do everything that the teacher in interview. Well, you know, uh, being in the service industry really helps me, you know, with the, the demand and the pressures and stuff. And she's just not buying it. I don't blame her. Like my of suit. Of course, who my, would? My, 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 my suit looked horrible. Like I'm sweating. I look <laughs> nervous. And um, so I know I'm bombing. Like I know I am absolutely bombing, right? So we, she goes, oh, all right, well, we'll give you a call. We'll be in touch. And I know when anybody says we'll be in touch. We know what that means. Yeah. So um, I know right when I'm leading, leaving this office, I'm like, I'm, I didn't get it. Like, I, I, but I was, I'm privileged to be here and doing it. But It was great to have the opportunity. Oh, yeah, man. But, I mean, it's just like that, that utter, like, just pit in your stomach. So, but before... Before I went to the interview, I didn't really prepare as well as I could for the physical interview, but I read Joe's book. It's called, this is a quick plug for him, You Can't Predict a Hero, Go Pick It Up. So this guy was basically from Hartford, come to find out, ironically, graduated from Weathersfield High School and went to Central. So this dude was in Vietnam. He was in, you know, he he was the former chairman of uh, UBS and Payne Weber. You know, it, this guy was just the most, like, reading his story, I'm like, I have to go interview just so I could shake his hand. Right. Right. Special Forces captain in Vietnam. Like, you know, chairman and CEO worked his way up. He was the um, national, he was the chairman of the Homeland Security Advisory Council, uh, Council right after 9-11. Like, this guy, his leadership is just, like. Second to none, sounds like. D- nobody, no, nobody can, nobody can match it, right? So, we're leaving the interview, and I remember just having this, this, this little, I'm like, if I see the opportunity, I'm going to do it. So we're walking by, and I, I know, obviously, if you're listening, you, like, I'm going to try to paint a picture here, but he, his office was on, like, a corner, so it's, like, a big square, and her office was around three doors down. 
So she's leading me back into the the uh, the waiting area, and we're walking past his office, and his door's like like half slightly open, open, slightly open, and I see him in there. He's got his glasses on. He's reading the paper, and I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going for it. And I, I, she's trying to like nudge me to the right. side. I knock real quick, and I said, Mr. Grano, and he looks at me up, and he goes, he goes, Who are you? And I go, hey, look, I'm sorry to interrupt and barge like this, but I'm pa- and keep in mind, this is this is. I'll tell you what I remember. Then I blacked out. So, <laughs> so, so it just, uh, just, uh, just. So I walk in. I go, Miss Granum, my name is Pat Penelo. I'm from Weathersfield. I graduated from Weathersfield High. I just graduated from Central. I just wanted to take this opportunity. If I'm not never going to see you again, I would always kick myself if I didn't say how much respect I have from you being from the same being from the same state, growing up the same way, hardworking family, that type of stuff. I do got to say, I know I don't fit the bill, but if you give me the opportunity, I guarantee you, you won't regret it. And then from there, but then from there, I don't, so don't ask me what happened after that. (laughs) (laughs) The police dragged you out. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they might've, I mean, the security guards, Uh, but I ended up getting a call uh, on my birthday from Connie, who I blew the interview with. And on my birthday of 2014, so, like, the day I turned 24, they said, do you, do you want to come work here? And I'm, like, ecstatic, right? I that's mean, amazing. That's, yeah, I mean, so that that was, like, really what kick-started the whole, my whole career. So you're working in New York <coughs> City. Yeah, so I moved, I moved there right in um, April, end of April. So it was, like, I got that, the job offer April 2nd, and, went. and I went. That was it. Uh, I, I had one duffel bag, uh, two suits. And that was it. I got like a little hole in the wall apartment that I shared with somebody, that's and that awesome. was it. Yeah, that was that, it. That's really really cool. So, yeah. you worked that job for how long? So the the whole program was almost a year. Okay. Right, and then um, from there, uh, what you end up doing is you basically you're an associate for all the portfolio companies in the private equity fund. So you work with all of them. So I got like, you know, we were. Uh, one week I'd be doing up uh, project management for uh, a cybersecurity company, and then I would be doing like a uh, a green a, a green uh, green energy company. Like you know, it was oh, called trial a- by fire. Yeah, the, no, for, it's it was crazy. And then um, I eventually, so where my 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 story kind of takes a turn is there was a a company called CMS Technology, which they had just done a deal in. And they were bringing in uh, new management. Uh, his name is John Mecha, uh, who's one of my closest mentors, uh, CEO. And then uh, his partner, Jim Dietrich, who I'm still like, he's like big brother Jim to me. He's, he, you know, he, he was a hu- had a huge influence in my life. He came in as the VP of operations. So, so then they recruit you for their company. Sounds yeah, like yeah. So I, I, I said, pre- I, I even said when they, they said, hey, you know, we're, we're expanding. You seem like you're, you know, you'd be content doing office work, but we feel like you really have a knack for this uh, in terms of just building. And I said, are you That's sure? Awesome. Like, but like, who are you talk? Like, I failed chemistry in, in, in college twice. And then now <laughs> you're asking me to come and work for a chemical company. It's, it's, it, it almost didn't make sense. So now, <laughs> obviously, you take the job with this chemical company. Yeah, so... And where where did they take you? 
in terms of like location. Oh, location. Oh, where? Yeah. So basically, the the plan was is so I got the the blessing from Joe because still to this day I'm the only one out of that program who ever got a job within the portfolio. Company. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. So I mean, I I I even told him I was always the first one in, last one out, and I always know I'm the first one in because I was always the one if his uh, if his assistant wasn't there, I'd be the one fetching his coffee. So I was always the first one in, but. Um, the, the the funny part is 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 just the, all the the connections that I made from the office that parlayed into a serious relationship with both two more of my mentors, which was John and Jim, who ended up being at CMS. So I I took the position, and the first market we were going to target had to do with seafood. Uh, so CMS, for those of you who don't know, we were a pathogen mitigation company, a fancy word for. Um, if you've ever heard of E. coli, Salmonella, Listeria, our job was basically to to come up with a food safe way to kill those to make sure you don't get sick. So our first target uh, target market was the seafood market, which brought me to Boston. Initially. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So you went from New York City. Yeah. To Boston, like you couldn't go any bigger <laughs> on the East Coast yeah, than Yankees, Boston and New York City. Yeah, yeah, Yankees to Red Sox. Yeah, it's crazy. So you did that job for how long? Oh, shoot, like four years, wow. four or five years. So basically we started and I I remember about six months into it, I go, why did I take this job? Because it was a startup company. And we like at that point, we didn't even have proven technology at work. We were just, they hired me on a hunch, which again, to their credit and, and to but mine. But that's still really good because they saw the potential I, in you. That's what I, they didn't even have a working product at the time. Right, which is crazy. So we're pretty much like, hey, look, like we have this idea, we can maybe make it in the seafood market. We want to target New Bedford and obviously Boston Harbor, Gloucester, and everything. Yep, Gloucester all the way up to Maine. So it would be a a good fit. Well, that didn't work. So uh, (laughs) I I ended up pivoting, and and uh, you know everybody will love this experience. Um, I all of a sudden started specializing in the the live side and dairy market. Okay. So, So my job from Boston was to fly to places to go to dairy farms, beef lots, Wisconsin and Iowa and Nebraska. Oh yeah, and you know how many farms we have here in in, uh, in good old Weathersfield, and I'm, I, you know, I saw a lot in New York City of Boston. Down the street. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. All right. So you did you did the New York City, you yeah. did the Boston, which yeah. is pretty amazing. And I got to see most of the states just through my travels. I mean, I was yeah, on, that, that's I was really on a, awesome. I, I was on a plane every week. So. Why did you come back? I mean, you worked in the two most magical, prosperous cities on the East Coast. Like, anyone who graduates knows you go to Boston, you go to New York, your life is made over there. What what brought you back here? A, a couple things. I mean, I think, in part, there, there's a couple answers to that. Number one, I, I, I just want to preface this by saying that I, I had such a good run with that company in both New York and Boston. Um, I'll never take those memories away. But Great life experiences, too. Oh, w- without a doubt. But it's, I think there comes to a certain point where you, they just don't feel like home. Right. You know, right? I mean, I, you, know, you had this great opportunity. Boston's fun. New York's fun. Especially as a younger kid, I'm getting to travel around and stuff. But, you know, we pretty much... We went from losing twenty thousand a month to when I left, we were making twenty million a year, right? So, it, it, turnaround. It, well, <laughs> yeah, but it also it, it also it's also more. It, the, what it points out is how valuable 
family is and how valuable having a home life is and how valuable community is and I always loved Weathersfield growing up and that's really the only place that really felt like home to me um I know your parents are very close to you yeah tell me a little bit about them like growing up in Weathersfield with two great parents that you had what stands out to you? Like, what well, did they do, and 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 what was their life like? Well, that that's part B to the answer of why I came home, right? I mean, I saw my my both my parents. My dad uh, was a police officer for twenty years, serving the community, uh, and then my mom was both him and my mom were have been volunteering in town for the better part of a quarter of a century. What did they do as volunteers? Oh, in they town? ran uh, basketball, the the basketball parks and rec, the football league. Um, you know, my dad's still on boards and commissions and just like, he really believes in his community. So your parents worked full-time jobs. Yep. They raised two kids and then they volunteered running all the sports in town. Yeah. And again, like if you're talking about role models, I mean, they emulated. Yeah. That's that's... one of the driving factors of why I came home. I was, I just, I realized that, that solely focusing on one thing is important, especially as a young person, but it also makes you appreciate the balance of life. And nobody emulates balance better than my parents. And Sounds just, like it. I mean, like, look, just look. I mean, I don't even know how my dad does it sometimes or how he did it. I mean, he was a, he worked, he worked full-time, overtime as a police officer. He ran all the basketball leagues. He coached me in basketball and football and my brother. And he still managed to have a wife and a, a life, right? I mean, and a household, and, too. and a ho- like. There's so many things. So talk about cramming everything in 24 hours. Yeah. So all of a sudden, you know, I'm in. A, now I'm in a position where I just lived in New York and Boston. You start to kind of miss the other things in life, and then all of a sudden, you know, you have you have these two role models that that end up like just you end up missing, and you want to emulate, right? So just seeing how they gave back to the community was just I can't describe it it just made me want to be here more I mean community is the most important thing because when it really comes down to it is the community is what makes a town great oh it's what makes makes you feel good oh yeah and um, you know seeing your parents volunteer Hmm. and it wasn't like they volunteered an hour a day they were spending hours a day because i remember as a basketball coach for your dad (laughs) yeah you know the amount of hours i spent with my team and the program was nothing compared to the amount of hours he spent as the guy running it. Which is crazy. Like, I, I actually remember, so, like, for those people who remember household phones, we'd have to, like, take the phone off the hook some nights because it would just be either somebody was late for the sign-up or, hey, like, my kid's not getting along with his coach or something like that. So it really was on top of everything. It was almost like a full-time job volunteering. And and they did it out of the goodness of their heart. Oh, yeah. Because they cared for the community. Yeah. And there was a sense of pride of doing something positive. And how do you not want to, as someone who grew up in that environment, how don't you want to do that? 
Like, I don't know anybody who grows up in that environment. It was like, I don't want to give anything to the community. It's like just seeing the feedback that my parents would get from people in town, like just how many people have came up to me as like now adults who are kids or even like my experience is refing in town. Like these kids who I used to ref basketball and football, these kids are now graduating high school. Some of them are old enough to have a beer with now. Do you know how weird that is to go up at like the golf course and then all of a sudden be like, no, I'm 22 now. I'm like, what? Like, where'd the time go? So seeing that, hearing that, being a part of that for years and years and years kind of leads me to this question. Yeah. So why are you running? Why did I run for town council or why am I running for state rep? State rep. State rep? Well, I kind of, so I ended up, uh, so after I left CMS, I ended up going to Morgan Stanley, and that was always my dream. Okay, right? in Hartford, right? Yeah, I came back, yeah, okay. that was part of the thing. So I, I worked at the Hartford office of Morgan Stanley, and uh, that was always, like, the dream of mine, right? So, like, I graduated, uh, went with, even in Central, where I really wanted to get into trading and financial planning and all that type of stuff, but... CMS really taught me in how to build a business. So, like, you can't understand what you're investing in if you don't understand what it takes to get to that level, right? So I had that, the gift of that education, right? But so I ended up getting the job in in, um, in Morgan Stanley in Hartford, and I was almost like the dog that caught the car, if that makes sense, where I was like, I'm, like, you're just... You're you're, so focused. uh, Yeah. But you got to, but you got it. Yeah, and then I'm like, now what do I do? Because there's a certain level for me and kind of going back to what brought me home is it was work, 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 but it makes you feel good inside, but there's something missing. You're not totally fulfilled. There's no balance. There's no balance. Right. I mean, especially when you're building anything like you own your own business, like, you know how hard it is to, of course, you know, to, there's also the balance part of your life that makes you a whole person by understanding. And hence all the years of volunteering I did. Yeah. Is that why you then ran for town council? Well, yeah. I mean, that's that's definitely the reason. So right, right when I got to a point where I was, I was, you know, I was like, "What am I missing?" And I was like, "Okay, you know what? I want I want to emulate what my parents did, but I want to do it in a different way. Like I want to carve my own path, right?" So I ended up running for town council last year in 2019. We ended up winning, right? And just seeing how how like how your leadership in the community can actually affect that community and especially in this time like covid like it it was when i say trial by fire again it's trial by fire yeah i mean it's it's like all of a sudden like that's an understatement yeah like we had we had the meetings right and then all of a sudden it's like oh we're doing zoom meetings and that i mean to, to to do a whole budget process via zoom meeting is for a city yeah, I mean, for for a town like Weathersfield, yeah. but it's but even so, it's well, one thing doing it for your household. It's yeah, another thing you're doing it for a, with a, nine other people, right? You know, if you include uh, the town manager, of it's, course. Yeah, so it was it was really and and like I had originally no intentions of running for state rep. Like I just want to make that clear. Like this wasn't something planned. Right. Right. Like I ran for council. I was just seeing. Oh, you know what? I can make a difference in my community. Like so, I. 
not to interrupt, because no, I don't know. Yeah. Do you get paid to be uh, on no, the town council? No, so you no, do that. That's no. free. Yeah, that's volunteer. So it's volunteer I mean, say, position. Say, yeah. See, see a pattern here. So parents volunteer, which is really cool because, like, instead of you running basketball, which I'm sure you're probably sick of basketball, you played it all your life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, yeah. I'm not going to volunteer basketball. I'm going to volunteer and do something a little different, but still affecting your community. You ran for city council. Yeah. And you got on. Yeah. 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 So. You've been on city council now for what a year? Uh, it'll be a year in uh, November. Okay. Yeah. So, within this, so what, I don't know. I don't do math well. So what is that <laughs> nine months? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. All right. So within those nine months, how's your time been as a city councilman? I I've actually loved it, and and not to say it's not a stressful position. It's really a thankless position too. I mean, you get certain people who are like, look, I I can't even imagine what you're going through right now, but. There is a certain level of, you know, if we didn't do something, like people you'd hear about it, right? right of like, course. It's almost like it's almost like cutting your grass, right? Like it's like if you're if you don't mow it perfectly, like no You'll one see it. yeah, but no one really notices, but if you don't mow it, everybody's like this guy cuts his, you know, he doesn't cut his grass. So it's like one of those positions. Uh, but I'm actually I, I one I've enjoyed the time that I've spent, especially learning from people like Mike Rell, uh, Tom Mazzarell, and I've actually enjoyed working with everybody, right? You know, I got uh, Dan O'Connor, uh, who you know is on the council again, and yep. uh, Mary, Mary Pelletier and Tyler Flanagan, and even it, on the opposite side, you got, you know, you got uh, Kevin Hill, Amy, and, and uh, Matt Forrest, and look, I mean, we may have our disagreements, but at the end of the day, it's it's all to the benefits of the town. Right, right of course. Yeah. So that's what your job is for. So I mean I w- again like I was I was really proud in the middle of COVID how we were actually able to lower taxes and even so like not even lay off a single teacher. So hold on a second. Yeah. You guys in twenty nineteen mm-hmm. lower taxes yep. and our for Weathersfield yeah. in the state of Connecticut. Yeah. I mean, how, how many towns can say that? I, again, I'm, I'm, I, I don't have an exact number for you, but I will say that I was super proud of that being my first. And I, I took a lot of flack for being the new guy. Like, I'll, I'll of that, course, you know, everyone and, always does. Yeah, and and again, it's so for me to to realize how much effort actually comes in with being creative and how to tailor a budget to actually without laying budget. someone off. Well, that's the thing too. Is like you know, I think, I think. I think Republicans in general always get a flack for, oh, we just want to cut everything. It's like, that's not the case. Like, right. you live in this town, you obviously want to, you know, you, you want your kids to have the best education, of right? Course. But we're we're also common sense spending, too. Like, you know, if, if, if somebody could cut your grass, going back to that, for, for 20 bucks, you don't want to spend 40, right? I mean, it's just, that's just common sense. That's all the sense in the world. So... Uh, we, we ended up going through the budget season and stuff like that. That was, that was a real experience. And then, um, I, again, I had no intentions of running for state rep. But just, to, just to kind of go back a little bit, when was the last time the city of Wethersfield, or the town of Wethersfield, yeah. as it should be noted, yeah. the oldest town the in oldest Connecticut. Town, yeah. The oldest town in Connecticut. Get that right, Windsor. Yeah. Yes, absolutely, <laughs> the oldest. When was the last time taxes were lowered? In Weathersfield, I actually don't know that exact. Uh, I know we had like a revaluation one year, so they might have they might have dropped. But again, because I, when I lived in Weathersfield for all those years, all I saw were my taxes go up every yeah. single year. Yeah, six years, twenty two percent. That's I mean, 
like uh, I know nobody in business that gets raises like that every single year to compensate no. for these taxes no. that go up every single year. No, and that and again that that that's that's pretty much the 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 crux of one of the reasons why I ran not just taxes specifically but just like the old way of doing things like we need to evolve as a society right like now more than ever so absolutely you know just seeing the amount of effort that that me and, and, and uh, my fellow council people put into this budget season I was like I have a newfound respect for anybody that's who awesome to do this. I so, mean that talk about giving back to your community yeah helping a community because I mean we all know Weathersfield is a great town mm-hmm. but at the same time it's not like there's a bunch of millionaires living here. My oh. parents still live here, yeah. and they struggle with taxes. And every time a tax bill comes up and it keeps going higher and higher, and they're getting older and older, oh, yeah. and it's not like they're making more money now no. as retired people. No. You know, I want to see them retire here. I don't want to see them have to go and, and downsize, you know, the house that my dad and mom built from ground up they have to get rid of because the taxes just keep yeah. getting higher and higher. That's Look, that, that's not the way of life. Oh yeah, and again, this is this is a discussion we could have all day. And I've learned that from my time and um, at uh, at Central, just just tax theory in general. Of course. I mean, but here's the thing: like even getting away from just like lowering taxes in general, I think just having a fresh perspective in any in any it doesn't have to just be politics but just in any situation always helps right and, and that's, an understanding of it too yeah and i think i think that's one of the reasons why we've been so effective uh, as as a council is is you had a lot of new fret like you had lots of new fresh perspectives right and i think that's important for any organization whether it's a municipality or even uh, a company, right? Like fresh perspectives, like learning what we could do differently, like how we can either pinch a penny or just do things def- d- differently, like different systems. But at the same time, though, not hurting anyone either. In the process, of where course. Where you're firing people no. to save money. You guys didn't lay off anybody. Yeah. And you still lower taxes. Exactly. That's, I mean, that. That's I mean, it just speaks, it, it speaks for itself. And, yeah. and look, like. It, and that's the and again i'm i'm hoping with this run is that i could bring a fresh perspective to the state with a lot of common sense and intelligence right i mean it's it's not i mean and even even how this all came up is it, it was like it, it was almost just something that just kind of just appeared right like the opportunity was there and again like i had no intention it was almost like you know when you have momentum and like you just find you find yourself caught in something where you're like oh i'm just picking up steam and you know i think coming off of that budget cycle right and we're like you know you have this moment right where all of a sudden you're like oh wow i can really help people it's it, it is a cool moment and i think everybody has a moment but it's different mine just happened to be in in public service right like it, it could happen to everybody so when all of a sudden like this i, I and truth be told i had no clue the incumbent was going to step down right like i've i've constantly been asked by people of, oh did you plan on doing this absolutely not 
Like I had zero intentions. So there was no hierarchy, little no, poster, no. you know, in your bedroom where no. it's just like the next step is governor and no. president and ambassador. No. no, I mean again, like to to run up. Yeah, okay, yeah. Let me just let me just run up real quick. No, that it, it's it, absolutely not. And I think that's one of the things I want to clearly convey to people is like there there's there's reasons why I'm running, but it has nothing to do with moving up the ladder right it's just a, a genuine care for people in your community well, without a doubt and like anybody who who second guesses that i'm like come have a conversation right with me. Sh- like share my passion for the town like just just you'll see it when you talk to me like we're having this conversation and we're laughing we're having a good time but i'm engaged like i right. I, I i'm proud to say that i serve this town right and i want to continue doing Right. So I think, in, I, you know what, let me do this. Let me explain to people what even led up to this. Right. Because it, this is truly. A, I'd love to know. It, <laughs> it's truly a situation where I feel like I was pulled into it. Right. I wasn't pushed by any means. So like, let's just clear the air right here. So uh, I so after the budget was done um, or even before the budget. Right. So we end up like concluding the budget. We vote on it and stuff like that. I, I ended up. Uh, for those of you who have probably heard, I currently, right now, I bartend. That's what I do, right? So I, I kind of, I, I still need a way to put some dough in my pocket, right? Pay the bills. Right. And when COVID hit, I was out of a job, right? So it was, it was a real gut punch. It was just like, I'm sure it was a gut punch to you. Everybody and, else. And, and this, this whole thing has just ravaged this planet. Whether you talk about death toll, number of cases, economic just despair. just everything being shut down. Uh, it's, it, it's unbelievable. And I, my parents always taught me to, to try to turn a negative into a positive, right? So I, instead of wallowing in my sorrows, what I ended up doing is like for the next two weeks, so we shut down around, I think the mon- Monday the 17th. Yep, right after St. Patrick's right Day. St. Patrick's Day, yeah. So I remember after getting home from, from uh, closing up the bar over at Prime, uh, I was just alone for a second because over those years, I was always go, 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 right. go. And even like right into the council, I never had a break. It was like it was like meeting, meeting, work, meeting, work, meeting, budget. It was it, like it was crazy. So, so to have two weeks just to slow down and think. Get some clarity. Oh, my God goodness like it's 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 crazy like what when so finally i'm having this i'm i'm i took the opportunity to just be alone with myself right like let me just get clear on what i want how i can be the best of service to people how you know what what do i want to do with these gifts right and um you know it's kind of it again it was it was it, it was it was an unbelievable moment because I remember just looking back because I'm not one to look back mm-hmm. unless I'm just realizing how far I've come. Right? Of course, you always should be looking forward. And, and yeah, in the, in those two weeks, I was like, wow, I had this unbelievable, like unbelievable mentors, and I've learned all these incredible lessons, and I've I've accomplished so much in the business world at such a young age in terms of just. Not, not even in terms of on paper, just the knowledge that I have in my yeah. head, right? Like, I've, I've, I've had the opportunity of meeting, like, titans of Wall Street, governors of both New York and New Jersey, uh, you know, through being mentored by one of the, uh, you know, former heads of, of a Wall Street firm, like, all this stuff. And I was like, okay, 
how do I take everything that I've just learned and instead of using it to benefit myself, use it to benefit everyone? How do I, like, how do I, how do I use it to benefit the community? That, I mean, that's the complete opposite of what most people do because yeah. it's politics is selfish people that are looking to climb the ladder me, for the me, most me, part, yeah. For the most yeah. part, I mean, there are some. There, but, there are some. But good considering yeah. how old you are, yeah, and your contemporaries are partying or doing this or doing that, mm-hmm. you want to give back to the community and you want to make a difference. Like I said, I feel like I was pulled towards it. I didn't feel like it was. And more importantly, people your age that have taken the path of working in New York City. Working in Boston, mm. you know, their past is about becoming millionaires, about mm. making that six-figure salary. Hey, I'm not saying if somebody didn't give me a check, I wouldn't take it. <laughs> <You> <laughs> well, know? Who yeah, would? Yeah, Especially yeah, this yeah, day and age. Yeah, yeah. But, but ultimately, for someone your age to not look at the dollar as something to continue to chase, because you've done it between New York City, Boston, Morgan yeah, Stanley, yeah. It, it seems like money isn't the issue. It's helping the community and for someone your age it'd be yeah. one thing if you were say 60 and you're like okay i've made my millions La- last feather in the cap and now i yeah. want to be a politician yeah yeah you're how old 30 you're 30 years old yeah, and you want to make a difference at your age rather than like i should be making six figures that that says a lot about you wanting to give back to the community because most 30-year-olds are about making six figures and, you know, owning homes and buying a beach house and, and families and this and that. And, like, your focus is for your community. It's well, for Weathersfield. That, yeah. that says a lot about your character and, and, as a human being. And I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, am a, I do have a lot of advantages because I do kind of live like a minimalist life, right? Like, I'm not one of those people who needs well, to spend a lot of money. I don't... You know, I don't, you don't live in a gated community. <laughs> no, not if you, but I, but more importantly, I don't want that, right? right? Like that's never been at the top of my priority. So like I've always just lived kind of you know within my means. I don't really you know go out and party and and all that stuff. Like I'm I'm happy sitting in the backyard with you just yeah. drinking a beer, right? I mean, it's like like simple things. Like I'm content with with simple things in life. Where I pride myself is where I used to pride myself is on the work and what I was able to create. Right. And in that moment of clarity, I I, it, it, I had a real big shift into from what what can I create, what can I build, into how many people can I help. Right. So when you merge those two together, what do you have? You have, I mean, again, like that, like there's not too many people who are doing that. And I think people, especially in today's climate, we need more people like that. So want to give back and do well for people. Yeah. I mean, it, it, like, isn't that the goal of, of society? It, again, maybe I'm just being like optimistic and, and, you know, pie in the sky and, and, and sunshine and rainbows and stuff. But seriously, like I'm like I'm genuine when I say that, because I think it, the more people that I can end up having an impact on. Do you know how many, do you know how much joy it gives me when I come up with whether it's somebody my age or somebody older who comes up to my dad and says, hey, I don't know if you remember me, but you helped me back in the day and I ended up turning my life around. Like, to me, it doesn't matter. Like, if I was my father, it doesn't matter how much money in the world. If he has that 
a positive role model. Oh my! In the community, like, like it's it's it, it's mind blowing when I hear that. Like it gives me goosebumps even that as I'm talking about it. So, for him, he did that as a police officer. He did that by volunteering, and not only do I want to to serve the same community that he did, but I want to do what's right for everybody in Connecticut as well. And that's the most important thing because I think in this day and age, it's about getting votes. Mm. It's about pandering. Oh yeah. It's, it's just about, we're going to do whatever I need to do for you to vote rather than like, what's right for Wethersfield residents. What's right for Connecticut residents. Yeah. Because I think politics and politicians lose sight of that. They see whatever's trending, whatever's, you know, the hot topic. And it's not about everyone. It's just about, okay, well, if I do this for this group, then I'm going to get all the votes yeah. rather than like, hey, having a conversation and, and bridging everyone together and yeah. coming together as one, as one people. We're, you're from Wethersfield, yeah. I'm from Hartford, yeah. but we're all Connecticut residents. Yeah. And it's about doing right for the community. Connecticut is a community. Oh, without a doubt. And when people get into it just to put a feather in their cap yeah. or cap their career, they're not in it for the community. It's disingenuous. And, and to me, seeing what your parents did, seeing what you're doing, it seems like you care about the community more than getting ahead in life. I don't, I don't need to. It's like according to whose standards. Exactly. I, 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 love, I, love, I love when people say that they're, 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 they always say like, oh, you, you need to get ahead. It's like according to who. Like exactly. I, ju- I always judge myself based on who I was yesterday. I don't compare myself to others, right? So it's like I know. You have to be I, the best of you. The best of me, right? So like all these little Facebook jabs and all that stuff that, that people take at, you know, have taken at me or have taken. That doesn't really affect me because you don't know me. Right. Right. Like I'm like I'm I'm, I'm being. I, I pride myself on being sincere, doing the right thing, and working hard, right? And it's like, if I can measure myself both on those three things, and I can do more than what I did yesterday or two days ago, I'm winning. Like, I said, if you, like, I, and that's not to say I, I don't have, like, high goals for myself, but I'm saying they're not at the, be, like, they're, they're not at the expense of everybody else. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm doing this because I want to better everybody else, not to better myself and make a difference, but th- but but that's what I mean. A like positive, a difference positive difference, right? For but, your community. But that's the thing. It's like you can have these high goals, but if you're getting into politics to hit those high goals, like that's that's what's wrong with today. That's right. what's, what's wrong with people who are running for office who just want that other feather in their cap. Like right, you're not there. You, you, I mean, you're you're not there for the betterment of the community, no matter how much no. you say you are. You're just in it. Just to, again, either put the feather in your cap or just climb to something else. And look, I even said that. I'm like, I can understand how it would look where, like, I'm jumping from council to state rep. But that's, like, the farthest thing from the truth, you know. And anybody who wants to come and have a genuine conversation with me about it, I, I don't, again, it's like, I, I care I, I care what you think because I'm in it to help you. But I'm not going to sit here defending myself constantly. Like I'm, Like I said before, I move forward, and the only time I look back is when I, I honestly don't think you ever have to defend yourself because you're given to the community. You're trying to make a difference. Yeah. And I think that's the most important thing when 
you know, we see all the hearts everywhere showing support for our first uh, our first responders and those frontline workers. To me, the most important thing is that we're showing support. Yeah. Because they're giving themselves. Yeah. You're giving yourself because I bet you if I pulled a bunch of 30-year-olds yeah. in the state of Connecticut, <laughs> they're not looking to no. do volunteer work no, no. And, and to do these jobs for the community because it's about making a million dollars yeah. you know, and having the greatest life possible. Yeah. I think what you're doing is the greatest life possible because... You're giving back to the community. And maybe I'm You're not trying even to that. make a difference. <laughs> but you know something? I think we need more of you in this world rather than these people that are just like, well, I want to be a politician now, you know, or they were a politician before and becoming a politician again. I'm like, yeah. well, did you have an epiphany all of a sudden that now that you want to help the community? Yeah. Because I think as someone who's a 30-year-old, you know, that is... As un, that, that is the most unselfish thing I've ever seen is oh. someone wanting to give back to the community and giving it back in a large hole, you yeah. know, where it's like, I want to help everybody. I just don't want to help kids who play basketball or kids who just play football. I want to help everyone in the town of Wethersfield. I want to help everyone in the state of Connecticut. And I think that's a, a rarity that you know that hardly exists nowadays and, and like i said man, maybe i'm naive to think i could pull it off but i think that i think that i think you are that, pulling that, it off no you, but that that, that, became, that shouldn't deter anybody from trying yeah but that shouldn't deter anyone from trying that's the point that i'm trying to make right it's like this all may sound like like you know a fairy tale right but at the same time doesn't mean i shouldn't try of course right? i think like for someone who worked in new york city who worked in Boston, who worked in downtown Hartford, who had these corporate successful jobs that would have led you to the Wolf of Wall Street and having yachts. Let's, let's, let's choose a different character. <laughs> That's true, because he yeah. did get indicted by the feds. Yeah, I was like, but well, not, it I'm was not a, Jordan Belfort. Yeah. <laughs> See, I didn't even know his name. Yeah. But like achieving monetary riches, yeah. you're trying to you know, achieve riches that affect the communities yeah it's spreading the wealth it's using your experience your knowledge and your heart mm. to make a difference yeah to empower people right and realize that like you and to can empower be... everyone oh it, to, but again like it, it, absolutely to empower everyone like i just look if it, I, like in in no way shape or form am i am i trying to come across as a role model because i don't know how people perceive me right like i, I don't and that's not necessarily a bad thing. I'm just like, I'm, I, you know, I kind of, I try to do the right thing for the right reason, right? And if you want to look up to me, that's one thing, but I'm totally fine if you don't. Like, I'm not in this to be admired. Like, right. I, I, I specifically ran because if you look at the state of Connecticut, right, you're like, we're, we're the second highest tax, we might even be the highest, but I think we're the second highest um, tax state in the country. We always pull the lowest in all these polls, whether it's like places to live, places to work, like all these, like, I, I know they might, might seem like trivial polls, but they're not like they, especially somebody who wants to, wants to like lay down his roots here. It's like, you know, no, I, the, we need to like drag ourselves out of here. And, and I want to be in like the top 10%. And again, like, I know that that may sound like the impossible. And again, are we going to accomplish it in a two year term? Absolutely not. not. But here's the thing you could start to, you could start by applying like just basic common sense principles that I took and along with 
everybody that I worked with on town council, you know, in my party to, to the state level. Like this shouldn't be, it's not, it's not a, it's not rocket science, right? And, and to make Connecticut uh, that 10% state is very achievable. We have a beautiful coastline. Oh, we yeah. have a beautiful river valley. We have so many different elements of this state. And we're sandwiched right between New York and Boston. Like, how do you lose with that? We have a beautiful fall. Yeah. We have a, a decent winter. Our summers are great. Yeah. The spring, you know, spring is iffy sometimes. I don't sometimes, even know if we get a spring. Well, we yeah. just go from winter to yeah, summer. I mean. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, it's got to start somewhere. Why can't it start with you? Exactly. And look. And you're and, young enough to where you're 30 years old. You've had uh, some great life experiences. Yeah. But you know something? If we're going to make a difference changing the state and bringing it from like everyone's leaving Connecticut to making it to where everyone wants to come to Connecticut yeah. and not just because they need to run out of New York City yeah. but because people want to live here yeah. uh, why can't it start with you because you're young enough yeah. you've lived in New York City you've lived in Boston you've traveled a country yeah. yet it's going to take some time yeah. and it's going to take some work and it seems like someone like you has done so many different jobs yeah has so many different careers yeah has done traveling has gone to two different colleges that is like really experienced like well living over here wasn't like oh, but okay seeing back and forth back and forth why can't it be with you and and honestly at this point it's like what do you have to lose you know this the the the, the specific seat that i'm running for has been occupied by the same party for 50 years that's Right? That's so, insanity. Right, so it's like it, it, it almost it almost begs the question of like what why do you, yeah like why and what do you have to lose like you like if you look at this like like all the polls we just said over the past fifty years like where did all the insurance jobs go like remember we, we used to be the insurance capital yeah, of the not world anymore. you know what I mean so it's 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 almost like okay so if you look at the past fifty years and what's happened it's like what do you have to lose by taking a shot on me and and I don't think that's even the correct sentence because there would be no loss you already lower taxes in weathersfield and you've been on the job for less than a year i'm, I'm, I'm a humble person so i just like again like you, that's, you that's are, fantastic you were a cog yes in the whole council yes. but listen your team yeah lower taxes in weathersfield for oh, yeah. the first time in a very 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 long time yeah and to me for you to say like, well, what do you got to lose? You know something. Maybe if I was running, you would. Have, that's a perfect <laughs> statement because I'd be like, I don't know. You know, I'm look. not. I'm not braggadocious. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. But I'm yeah, gonna. I, I, you know, I'm gonna stand up for you and say like, hey, listen. If you came in as this as a 29 year old, you became a city councilman, and you and the rest of the city council people, I should say, you know, work together and challenged each other and pushed each other yeah. to not do the typical thing that Weathersfield does, which is raise taxes every year. Yeah. And, you know, if it was you or somebody else, but like collectively you had a part in it of lowering taxes mm -hmm. and having a positive outlook and having an understanding of like, this is a community. We have to do good for the community. Mm -hmm. You know, saying like, what do you have to lose that's a terrible thing to say because, like, it wouldn't be what do you have to lose? It's like you will gain more by putting me in that seat rather than what do you what do you have to lose? Is if I was running well, for you, it would be a very positive thing for the people of Weathersfield to put you in that position, knowing you're young, 
you're smart, you're intelligent, you've had life experiences, and nothing has been handed to you. No. I mean, I can't say it better than that. So if you're a voter, just listen to what he said. I'm not going to say it better than that. And and here's the thing. like, and I, Those are all like super, super nice things. And like obviously, thank you, and I'm so appreciative. But it's, it's one of those things where I appreciate all those nice things. You know, like you're welcome type thing. Like if you're saying thank you, like you're welcome. But at the same time, I'm just getting started, right? So it's like, yeah, that that that's step one. Let's see what else. Let, let's see what else I could do. That's really it. And you know, that's where we should end it today. Yeah. What are we What are we talking for? Like an hour? Well, we've been on. We've been on for. We've been kind of rapping for an hour so far. Yeah, this is an hour. So let's get the hell out of here. I'm hungry. Yeah, that that sounds good. Let's get some. Let's go down to uh, Old Weathersfield because there's a lot of great places to eat down there. Yeah, where are we going? Do you want to plug somebody? Lucky Lose Village. Anyway, <laughs> thanks, guys. Hey, if uh, if if you're if you're listening to this, if you made it all the way to the hour, uh, if you have any questions or anything, please just go to the website. Uh, you could do the contact me if you have any specific thing you want me to go over in the podcast. Um, I'm out of here in three, two, 